I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, Natalie Campbell, uh, here with you on Talk Radio all the way through to 10 p.m. tonight. But right now, we are talking to the lovely Kate Lever, author of The Friendship Gear. Hello, Kate. Hello. <laughs> so, before the break, we were talking about what makes a good friend, how they behave. But there's a question in the book that I really have to ask you about, and it is this. The oldest question of all time when it comes to friendship. <laughs> Can men and women ever truly be friends? What does the science say? Well, I think it's interesting that we didn't really definitively answer that question in 10 whole seasons of Friends. Um, but, but there is a lot of lovely science and a lot of lovely sort of psychology studies on this. And... Um, I spoke to a lot of people for it, including someone I kissed and remained friends with. I realised I had to suffer for my art, so I got on <laughs> Skype and interviewed my closest male friend about why uh, we never got into a relationship after we hooked up. And that was um, awkward. With the time difference, I was on coffee and he was on wine, so it wasn't really fair. Anyway, uh, based on my own experience, um, as well as the countless kind of interviews I did, I would say the answer is yes, Good. but with a caveat. Oh. Um, and that is that at some point you're going to have to ignore knowledge the gender difference whether you want to or not um so i think evolutionarily there's not a reason um for men and women to be friends we know why we seek out same-sex friendships and we know why we seek out relationships and it's a lot to do with protection protection and reproduction but there's no real sort of scientific biological reason for men and women so we're these awesome rebels um who choose to be friends regardless and i think it's a very beautiful thing and i think it can sort of encourage in my experience encourage women to behave in a more traditionally masculine way which can be great and and men to sort of take on some of the softness of their female friends and i obviously when i speak about this have to generalize wildly um with gender characteristics just to make a point but yeah basically a lot of science says that it's very possible um <laughs> my favorite study they someone in America spoke to 88 sets of male-female best friends and basically concluded that the man is overwhelmingly more likely to think that the woman is attracted sexually to him. Um, <laughs> whereas whereas most of the women went to a, like a really pained point to make sure that the study per, you know person knew that they did not think about their friend in that capacity. Um, so I find that so funny and true of friends and people that have been in my life as well uh, and the people I spoke to. I mean, I definitely spoke to someone who was absolutely in love with their friend and he kind of... Came, 
kept talking about how healthy it was and how normal it was and how he doesn't always think about kissing her when he's looking at her. And I was like, oh, all right, Ray. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, my answer is um, both sort of hopefully and definitively yes, um, though my stepmom still very vehemently disagrees with me. She just does not think and it's a thing. women can be friends. <laughs> I mean, they so, can. Why? Why do you think they can't? You're making a big assumption. I'm, I'm guessing because of the, the sexual. The, but men and women can be friends. There isn't always raging sexual chemistry no, going on between no, people. Because we're talking very like hetero, normal, yeah. Yeah, aren't we? Relationships, exactly. So heterosexual. But I absolutely agree. I think men and women can definitely be friends. But I think in every male-female friendship where you are both. Not even my base, where one of you is heterosexual, at some point it crosses the mind of what if. I, I think I, that yeah. what if question really? happens. No, but all like, time, I yeah. do think I do think all good friendships are based on flirting and mm. love, aren't yeah, they? So if you are attracted to that particular sex, then I can see why you would probably well, want all, to end up. We've having all had a moment where we've just thought, wouldn't it just be easier if I just, you know, hooked up essentially with my best friend yeah. and we bought a house together <laughs> yeah. and adopted yeah. some kids yeah. and lived happily yeah. ever exactly. after? Exactly. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. No. But, yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah, but my my loins don't yearn in, in in the same way for them. And that's my thing around yes, we can be friends because in the same way that I will flirt with you or flirt with M, I would flirt with a male friend, but my loins aren't going. I need to jump into bed with you. Therefore, Why? we have but a friendship. That's, that's not, that's sex rather than a relationship. I think there's always a question of what if this person and I had a relationship? And I think actually it's particularly prevalent when you oh, maybe don't that's, fancy that's the person. That shows my basicness because I yeah. just think about the sex. <laughs> <laughs> particularly prevalent when you don't fancy the person and you're like, oh, but I just love them and they've got a great family and we really love shopping together on a Sunday afternoon no, and he's I a great can, cook. Yeah, well, you didn't even be pleased okay. to know that, a, that there's been a bunch of research done on kind of the strength of those sexual feelings. Mm -hmm. And even if you do fancy your friend at the beginning, over time that fades. <laughs> <laughs> and the kind of they call it like friendship love essentially yeah. um kind of takes over and people learn to actually morph their feelings towards someone and i think people who say that men and women can't be friends are assuming that we can't control our sexual impulses mm -hmm. i also think it's perfectly possible to be friends with someone you fancy i certainly have been in the past um, and I, and then there was this great study they did in uh, at, an, at an American university um, where they tested basically university students who'd had sex and then remained friends afterwards. And I can't remember the exact percentage, but a really shocking amount of them said that sex made their friendship better afterwards. And the researchers were like, oh, that is not what we were expecting <laughs> at all when we set out to do this test. But I find that interesting as well in that so many people sort of put an end to a friendship or an end to a sexual encounter because they don't want to sacrifice one or the other, but maybe they can both happen because no, com because relationships lovely. are complex. I think I've got some really good, I've got some really good male friends that I've you know <laughs> had sex with or whatever with, and we just get on really yeah. well. No, yeah, see, Depth this is feeling. where I don't think it works. No, <laughs> no. If you've had sex, I think it's very difficult to remain friends after that. Are you friends with any of your exes? No. Ah, see, I'm friends with every single one of my ex, um, except really? the ones that didn't count. Cordial to them. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, cordial, yeah. I mean, no. 
don't need yeah, to see you. Interesting. That's, sorry, you're, you're, sorry. I, I know you're going to jump in on your on your fancying point. If I fancy someone, I cannot be friends with them because my overriding ambition is to be with them. <laughs> so there's You're no friendship. Predator. And, that's why, and so I'm saying, that's why I'm like, for me, it's black or white. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, no. It's well, either you don't fancy each other and, and therefore you can be friends or there's All your male fancying. friends listening are all like devastated <laughs> yeah. right now. Do you think this might be why you're single, Do we need to have a conversation about what makes up a relationship? <laughs> like the sex and the friendship. Not one or the other. I'm definitely <laughs> learning something right now. <laughs> I'm going to let Emma ask a question. Emma, I've got a question about one of the mm. chapters in your book, Work Wives and Nine to Five Husbands. What is that chapter all about? Uh, It's about the friendships that we have at work, um, which I think you guys would particularly identify with because your whole dynamic is so lovely because you're friends and you work together. Um, It starts, that chapter starts out with an anecdote I tell about um, my greatest work wife back in Australia when I was working on a website when we both discovered that John Travolta had a very weird tiny beard. Um, it's a really small, I mean, look it up, a really small beard around the oh, year yeah, 2014, yeah. really tiny yeah. beard. Um, and for some reason we lost it and it was contagious and we involved the whole office in it and we couldn't stop laughing. Um, and we lost pro- productivity for the rest of the day and it just became John Travolta, Travolta tiny beard day. Um, and that was just my way of saying that sometimes, look, I, you know, work in general is really stressful and difficult and has kind of you know snuck into every crevice of our lives with smartphones and all that sort of thing so I think unless you have a bit of loveliness and joy and sense of humor and someone you really care about at work we'd go a bit mad Um, so I think it's really important to have what we would call a work wife or work husband Um, and I think that term in itself is really interesting because we spend more time with the people we work with if we work full time with the same people Mm. uh, than the people we choose to share a bed with or have a family with Um, so I think it's really important to work out how to be vulnerable and how to have a personal life at work. So that's what that chapter is about. Mm. Oh, I love that. Some of my bestest friends have come from work. Yeah, it's a lovely place. to. We, we talk so often about how many people meet their spouse at work, but so many of us meet lifelong, beautiful friends. I certainly have at work. Yeah, yeah. It's, true. it's true. We've had a text from Beth who says, hello all. Um, I phone my best friend on her landline weekly for hours at a time and she does the same to me and yet we hardly ever meet even though we live near each other isn't that lovely that's really nice i mean i think this is another question i get asked a lot um about whether you know technology even the simple phone call and i love that that's a landline um so retro (laughs) um is killing friendship um but i think so many of us need to maintain friendship in whatever way we can and whatever way fits into our life. So if you're on the phone for a couple of hours a few times a week, I think that's fantastic. And you're building a friendship, obviously, that works for you and you don't necessarily need the face-to-face contact. And I think that's okay. I think it can be unique and different and sometimes be conducted over a phone. Lovely. Now, what about other sets of friends? So what about friends that become toxic or mm. friends, you know, friends for a season? So people that come into your life and you may have a great friendship, but actually there is a very clear beginning, middle and end. What's that dynamic all about? Uh, I think you need to very safely but very urgently get yourself out of a toxic friendship. Um, I think we're becoming more familiar with the idea of toxic behaviour in a romantic 
um, scenario in terms of sort of understanding that emotional abuse can be as difficult as physical abuse. But I don't think we've kind of come to terms with the fact that that can exist in a friendship scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really does. It can be very common. And I think... Uh, There are a lot of similar factors. If that person is trying to control you, um, isolate you from the people you love and your friends, put you down, or if they have kind of, it's a cycle of great gestures of affection and then coldness and you never know where you stand with that person. Oh, I do that. Sorry. Sorry, friends. (laughs) (laughs) All those sorts of things can amount to toxic behavior. And in that case, you need to get yourself out. Um quite urgently. And that can be done. I mean, I spoke to a psychologist about this. That can actually be done by text message if need be, because a lot of toxic people feed on drama. So you don't want to have like this big ending, ending of a relationship showdown with a person. You need to quite cleanly get out of it. Just ghost them? No? Uh, Yeah. I look, I talk quite a lot about ghosting in the book because I think it's an unacceptable way to treat a friend that you've loved. And um, (laughs) I think we, we, um, uh, look, I've done it. Everyone has. Um, but I think if if the friendship is a good one, a healthy one, and it comes to a natural end and you no longer want to be in their life, I think the least you could do is explain in some way that you need to move on. And I know it's a really awkward conversation, but I think you owe it to someone who's meant something in your life. Um, I don't think you owe it to someone who has been bringing you down and emptying out your soul so I think there's I think it's there's a healthy acceptable form of ghosting which is to extricate yourself from a harmful relationship and then there, I think there's kind of cowardly ghosting which is just not being able to have a conversation uh, <laughs> to get yourself out of a friendship that has naturally come to an end and friendships do end right? yeah mm. absolutely I mean I encourage people in the book to do an audit of their friendships um one of my friends said they were making the list for the guests of their wedding and it made them realise who they still care about and who shouldn't be there anymore. And we probably shouldn't wait until we're waiting, doing the invitations for our weddings to work out who belongs in our life. If you know, I certainly do this semi-regularly and I just kind of look at the people that I see on a regular basis and ask myself whether they are making my life better and lifting me up and whether I can do the same for them. And I would encourage people to work out if they are in a toxic relationship, if they are in a bad friendship, or if they're in one that is just better off ending, because sometimes that just happens. Okay, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Mm. I think we could talk to you about this all night. It is so <laughs> Even if it's just for Natalie to check <laughs> if she's been a good friend or not. <laughs> um, we have been so much to have Kate Lever, author of The Friendship Cure, which is out now. Yes. It's out on Thursday. It's out, out on, on Thursday, Thursday. The 22nd. And if people want to chat more to you about this, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter, Kate Ein Lever. Yes. Uh, is probably the best way. Or my website is katelever.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 